Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it could happen here. A podcast where I just made my colleagues, I can see them through the Zoom, deeply uncomfortable by opening this podcast with 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 a sound that you shouldn't make in the workplace. I'm Robert Evans. Uh, joining me today is, uh, is Mia Wong and Garrison Davis. Uh, Mia, take it from here. Oh, boy. So it's been a... You know, this is okay. So this, I guess, is now like last week's Twitter thing. But this is, uh, okay, this so is we, also not this is this is this is not a Twitter thing. This no, is well, very, it kind of is. It kind of is. But like, like so let's, let's, let's not let's not frame this as a Twitter thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So why this this is we we are okay. We we have been experiencing in the last you know like half decade, actually more longer than that. Oh God, it's like seven eight years now. Like. The, the sort of incredible rise in casual American anti-Semitism and the level of anti-Semitism that you can just do in in sort of public discourse and it's quote-unquote fine. And one of the sort of biggest indicators of this is the, like, the, the extent to which it's now socially acceptable to just do the most, like, absolutely, like, unhinged like anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about George Soros. And specifically the thing I specifically was like, okay, I need to do this episode was last week. Elon Musk like (laughs) compared George Soros to Magneto and then said, quote, you assume they are good intentions. They are not. He wants to erode the fabric, the very fabric of civilization. Soros hates humanity. And this is just like the mainstream line of the Republican party. Now, like they just all do this. You can just sort of 
I mean, and, and this is and honestly like as, as bad, like, you know, this is like the, the, the stuff that Elon Musk is saying is unbelievably unacceptable. That's not even anywhere near as bad as it goes. Like, it's, it's pretty common to just hear these people like talking about the Satan Soros agenda and shit now. Like it's it has gotten unbelievably, unfathomably out of control. And so today I, I wanted to take a look at. Okay, who George Soros actually is, like the real human being and not the sort of like caricature projection that has been created of him on the right. And I wanted to also sort of look at why the right hates him so much. And, you know, Soros is kind of an interesting figure because he falls like right in the middle of like our two shows about people because he's not he's not really like a cool person. who does cool stuff, though he does stuff that's cool sometimes, but he's not also like a bastard properly. So, Although he's done some bastardy stuff too. Oh, he has. Yeah. We are going yeah. to talk about that. that, he's, that a, is, he's, uh, a, he's a yeah. I mean, most of what this he, episode is about. He's. I, I would say he's like twenty percent more complicated than the average billionaire on a on a moral. Yeah, I I, I, I I think I think like twenty or thirty percent. Yeah, there's some, a, some, there's somewhere a, in that neighborhood. Yeah, you know, and I I, I think there's three George Soroses. Two of them are real, and one of them is fake. There is, you know, so George Soros is a, a billionaire philanthropist, right? And, you know, so that means that he has a sort of billionaire side and a philanthropist side, and they are very often working across purposes. Sometimes they're not working. Sometimes they're he aligns them together. Sometimes he doesn't. And so the way I've sort of structured this is like the first episode, we're going to be talking about the sort of billionaire side and how he did that. And the second episode is going to be more about the philanthropist side and how both of these basically have been... <laughs> kind of accidentally structured in such a way that the right was like, oh my God, this is the perfect guy to do anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about. And then there's also the, 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 the third George Soros is like the one who's just literally the devil who the Republicans have made up. And yeah. So George Soros uh, was born to a Jewish family in Hungary in 1930, which is not, not a good time to be born to a Jewish family in Hungary no, um, <laughs> yeah. really. There's not a good time to be born to a Jewish family in Hungary until like I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say sometime in the 50s. Yeah, I, I you know, it, I, I will say that it, it gets way like it. It is way worse when he is born than it was in like even like the 1890s, which is like not a great time. But it, it's gotten significantly worse. He is 14 when the Nazis invade Hungary in 1944. And this is the point at which we get to our first Soros conspiracy, which is that there's this there's this yeah, it's thing a little more complicated than it's not really the Nazis. In, well, it's it's a little yeah. more complex than. Yeah, the Nazis I, I, invading, I, I, I don't, you, when the when the extermination of the Hungarian Jewish community begins really in, in, in 1944. Yeah. yeah and so th- there, there's a thing that happens. I don't know. He, he and his dad have a kind of complicated like set of things they survive and there, there there's a part of the story that gets picked up by the right that gets if you've ever heard alex jones talk about soros the like the, the second or third thing he, he will say is that like soros is a nazi collaborator was like a willing collaborator with the nazis yeah. which is not true and also like he's 14 like you yeah, know but, but like, like but, but i, I not, don't i don't really call even like 14 year olds in the hitler youth willing collaborators because they're children like yeah, you, you have it, to have a line at some point yeah even with and, nazis where if they're kids they're not really morally responsible either way 
Yeah, and like yeah. you know, so the specific thing that he does is there's these notices that are sent out by the government that's like telling Jewish people to like go like to a place, and if you go to the place, you're gonna get rounded up and killed. And basically, so the thing that actually happened is that so George Soros's dad is is told to do this, and he gives it to George Soros, and is like, go tell these people that that they've been called for this, and that if they go, they're like they're gonna get taken away. And this has been transformed by. You know, this that is this is a, a nightmarish thing these people are surviving. This has been transformed by a bunch of the worst people who've ever lived into Nazi collaboration, which is also, you know, the, the part of the story that never gets told, even even when people sort of like do the like dive into like, oh, this is fake, is that the, the, the thing that like Soros's family spends the rest of the war doing is basically getting like counterfeit papers to Jewish families that like says that they're Christian and you know they they like they stay legitimately save a bunch of families from dying in the yeah. Holocaust and yeah you know, the, the shit that Jones pulls on them is like part of this because of like the job this guy who's like saving young George Soros has involves like basically like itemizing stuff left behind by Jewish families forced out of their homes He's like, they were profiting off of the holidays. No, they were like doing whatever job kept them under the radar while they attempted to help. Like it was yeah. the Holocaust. It was messy. Yeah. And, but like, it's, you it, know, like, it's a little sorry. like saying like Oscar Schindler took advantage of slave labor. It's like, well, no, it's actually what Schindler was doing is, <laughs> was not that. Yeah. Like he was using the trappings of this slave labor system in order to rescue people. It's quite different from just enslaving people. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the thing that's really disturbing about this, though, right, is like, OK, like this is like Alex Jones is Alex Jones, right? He's just going to say the worst shit you've ever heard. But yeah. like this is like a thing that mainstream right wingers just say now. Yeah. And it's just like, unbelievably horrible and it sucks and it's just like not true. But fortunately for George Soros, like, his family makes it through the Holocaust. Um, Well, his immediate family does. And they like get out. And they end up in the U.S. And this is where okay, this is something. This is something that I think is is very important to the story that isn't told very much. So Soros is like a finance whiz, right? He is very, very, very good at finance. And we're going to be talking a bit about like how, like the things that he figured out to let him do this because it's interesting. But he's also not from the sort of like American or the British financial elite. Like if I don't. It, there, there's like a certain kind of person, right, who like goes into finance and, you know, it's like 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 wasp frat bros or like inbred British aristocrats. Right. And George Soros is like a is a Hungarian immigrant. Right. He he is not sort of from these people. He is like. And, and you know, th- this is this is going to be a, a really big deal when he like goes up against the British financial elite later on. But, you know, he 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 through sort of like he's able to turn like a job doing door to door salesman into like a way into a firm. And he's able to sort of work his way up to a point where like he has he suddenly like has his own hedge fund. And he is really, really good at this. He's he's one of the sort of early people who does hedge funds. There's a great book called The Influence of Soros, Politics, Power and the Struggle for an Open Society. Uh, by Emily Tamkin, who did a lot of really great work, like interviewed Soros, interviewed an enormous number of the people who were around him. Uh, and I want to read a passage of this about like how he figured out how to sort of beat the market. Um, he's talking about uh, this guy named Karl Popper, who's like a philosopher of science, who also wrote this book called The Open Society that we'll talk about next episode more. 
Popper's philosophy made me more sensitive to the role of misconceptions in financial markets, Soros said decades later. People believe that markets don't lie and, shouldn't be, and should be trusted, but that isn't true, Soros knew. Markets react to humans, and humans are fallible. Instead of looking at the money being made, or as Sebastian Malaby put it in More Money Than God, his book on the history of hedge funds, the psychology that drove investors' appetites, Soros looked at how one impacted the other, predicting that each would drive the other forward until the trusts were so completely overvalued that a crash was inevitable. And this is this is really smart. Like if if you even today, right? If, you know, if 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 you're able to understand that, you know, like uh, the the way a lot of hedge fund people tend to think about the market is as like the market, you know, especially in this period, is this is this sort of dogmatic neoliberal thing of like the market is like a perfect conveyance of price signals. And Soros is like, no, it's made out of people, and those people, like, get greedy. They they have emotional stuff. They like they 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 get into these like FOMO, like fear of missing out stuff. You know, they they like intensely overvalue assets because everyone else sees that the assets like expensive, and so everyone like you know rushes to buy it. And like this is something like like even now, right? This is this is like a very smart way to understand finance. He's figured this out in like the seventies, and if you if you if you're able to do this kind of stuff and like use this to understand how the market works in the seventies, you are going to look like a god among men. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. And he starts a hedge fund in 1973, but by 1981, he has a fund that is worth $381 million in, like, 1981 money. I don't know what that is in modern money, but it, uh, assume it's a lot. I, I, I'm a hack and a fraud. I should have actually figured this out. Yeah, but. no, that's, that's like a billion dollars. 
Yeah, and like he he personally is like has like for himself like a hundred million dollars, right? And he, you know, th- at this point, he starts to become sort of very famous in, in finance circles because, you know, I mean, he's just like absolutely destroying the market. Now, OK, this is where things get, you know, I, up until this point, he's kind of like he, he's been doing a lot of sort of finance stuff that's kind of shady, but it's mostly just been him like ripping off other finance people, which I'm entirely OK with. Like, that's just very funny. Um, but he starts to get into currency speculation. And in 1985, he has one of his big breaks, which is he predicts the Plaza Accords. Now, okay, the Plaza Accord is something we've talked about on the show before, but I need to talk about it a bit more because, unfortunately, it's we have to talk about the Asian financial collapse this episode, and this is a like one of the key moments of the Asian financial collapse, even though it was like a decade earlier. So in in, in 1985, Ronald Reagan is trying to like revive the U.S.'s domestic manufacturing industry because it's like dying and you know and the, the reason part of the like a big part of the reason is dying is that they're getting absolutely destroyed by sort of german and like west german and japanese manufacturers and part of what's happening here is that particularly japan's currencies are worth way currency is worth way less than the dollar this is called having a weak currency and having a weak currency is really good for if you, if you have like an export-based manufacturing economy and so Reagan basically like walks into a meeting with like the Germans, the Japanese government, the British, and like a few other people, and just basically just like not quite in so many words, but basically just says, like, you are all American military protectorates. Uh, and because you're all American military protectorates, like I can I can force you to increase the value of your currency, like or else capital O, capital E. And they do. They they comply. And this is this this becomes this is a thing called the Plaza Accords. Um, and this this you know weakens the value of the dollar versus a bunch of other currencies. And this like literally single handedly like restores the profitability of American manufacturing like through the nineties, which is really wild. But the 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 the, the other the, the important thing for this story is that I I I don't know how he did this, but like George Soros predicts that this is going to happen. And he makes an unbelievable amount of money, basically like no, no, like basically doing currency speculation because he knows what like currencies are going to increase in value, which, you know, he knows that like, uh, for example, like he, he knows that like the, the Japanese yen is going to increase in value. So he makes an enormous amount of money doing this stuff. And he gets very famous for like, he'll like make a bunch of money and then he'll lose it again. And then he'll make it again. And this all culminates in... Okay, so there, there. Okay, he he starts taking ah uh, truly enormous bets like against national currencies, and there's one of these that's just funny, and there's one of these that's really bad. So we're gonna do the funny one first, which is so in 1992, Soros, and this is the other part that Denver has talked about is like it's not just Soros doing this stuff. He has like allies because like he, as big as Soros's firm is, right? He can't. The, the, the him and his allies are going to take a 15 billion dollar short position on the pound and even he doesn't have like nobody like like this is like 15 billion of 1990s money right like you need a bunch of firms working together in order to do this but he basically takes this massive bet the pound is going to go down and because of the way that these these bets work like the actual value of the pound like collapses and the the british central bank like it like doesn't have enough. And the reason they're able to do this is they figure out that the British Central Bank doesn't have enough money to stop them. Like they don't have enough money to like maintain. Like they don't have enough reserves to like maintain the value of the pound. 
And so he gets like completely blamed for this, even though, again, there's like other people involved in this. Right. Like the, the, the front page of the Daily Mail is literally his face in the title. I made a billion crashing the pound based which is I okay so like on an anti-British level this is very funny um it's no so there's a bunch of arguments about like what does this mean for like the world economy and for national sovereignty Soros thinks that like currency speculation is a necessary evil and he he has this sort of it's easy to think that when you're making that much money yeah right you know it's like (laughs) now okay I this this like specific thing, which is like a a a a bank a banker comes in and is able to manipulate the value of a currency. This is like this is like absolutely like th- th- this is the fodder for like the absolute most paranoid fantasies of the anti-Semitic right. Like it's this sort of like rootless cosmopolitan banker like attacks the good and righteous like noble people of Britain. Thing and, th- and this is how it gets framed in the press. Who are like the press is? I mean, it's the British press, right? Like the British are not known for, you know, not being anti-Semitic, and so they just like go wild with this. But you know, like this particular thing is doing against the British. Part of what's happening here, right, is there's this sort of there's this kind of like national populist equation thing going on here, where there's this assumption that like the bank of Brit like the bank like the, the 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 British central bank is like an entity that is identifiable with like an ordinary person in Britain. And like no, like the the British the British central bank is run by just unbelievably inbred aristocrats, right? And you know and p- Hey, p- I think of- they're pretty believably inbred. Oh, uh, that's fair. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> We're, we're we're just talking about like um like point five six of a Habsburg unit, you know. A, ha- a ha- the Habsburg is the international unit for measuring how inbred someone is. If you're if you're unaware, I yeah yeah that 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 seems, that seems like a reasonable amount of inbred for these specific people. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, but this is what I was talking about. Like at the, at the very beginning, I was talking about sort of like Soros not being from this sort of like normal class of of finance people and. The, th- the thing is, like, the normal class of finance people are fucking terrible at their jobs, right? Like, these, these inbred British aristocrats and, like, the, the fucking American, like, cocaine frat boys, like, do, like just, like, doing lines of cocaine off each other's ass cracks. Like, these people all suck at their jobs, and George Soros is, like, smart and is good at his job. And so he just, like, absolutely goes through these people like a fucking flaming chainsaw. And she just like, you know, and the, 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 the maneuvers that he's doing here, he just, like, absolutely humiliates all of the people at the at the at the, the, the British Central Bank. He's humiliating like and not just those guys, too. He's humiliating the Tories. He's humiliating like all of the people who are seriously important in the real economy, in, in, in the sort of real British economy. And he can do this right because like his, his opponents are, you know, people who are like they're they're, they're promoting their like they're, they're, they're OK, they, they take in like their people from college. Right. And they're promoting them based off how good they are at golf. And so when when she just sort of like like walks in and just makes it like makes like billions of dollars just like destroying these people, he makes just a permanent enemy of a very very powerful like faction of the British ruling class, and the British ruling class like I don't know they they it it, it is hard to find people who will beat the British ruling class in an anti semitism off, and this is this is one of the things that sort of you know if if you're looking at like why. Soros specifically is the guy 
who all of these sort of right-wing conspiracies wind up being about. Like, part of it is because he pisses off these specific people. Yeah, these guys whose, like, dads were all friends with the King of England who was, like, a close personal buddy with Hitler. Like, they're... It's, yeah. it's a bunch of like it's a bunch of guys who are already pretty bigoted and then they get beaten at their own stupid financial game. And so like the fact that it's a Jewish dude who does it means that they're going to be even more racist than they already were. And the fact that there's plenty of uh, uh, international anti-Semitism and that George Soros after this starts funding liberal and, and you know, vaguely progressive causes like, yeah, it's not this is not a it's not surprising that this is the way things went. Yeah, and and you know, and, and again, like I, I can't underemphasize the extent to which this is also very specifically the reaction to the British media class. Who, I mean, we know now that those people are psychos. Like, we 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 have seen them see a trans person in a boat race, and like like ten years ago, and like like draw a giant thing circling them in a boat and making it a front page news story. Those people in the nineties well, were that's like, true. they they are biologic bi- biologically better at. <laughs> navigation that is that is actually been been proven yeah but they're, they're, they're by, like by just science. as they're, they're they're just as sort of feral and like terrifyingly bigoted then as they are now and, and this means that like like just if you're a regular british person and you are like walking down the street and there's a newspaper stand you are seeing like a, like t- truly unbelievably terrifying anti-semitic shit like just literally everywhere. And th- this this will have no consequences whatsoever. Uh, yeah, it's all good. Nothing bad ever happens. And uh, speaking of no consequences, I, do you know what we can promise about, about products 20, and services? T- 23 minutes in. <laughs> you know, look. You're welcome, Daniel. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release 
presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Okay, we're back, and we have to talk about... Okay, so the, the, the doing it to the British economy was mostly just really funny because the British economy is going to be fine. And it, it the, the funny part about him doing it to the British economy is that this actually unfortunately helps the British economy because it forces uh, the, the British to like abandon some truly spectacularly not very good financial policy they were doing. But then he does it to Thailand. And that is um, a lot less justifiable. So it, it in he, this, this is five years later. This is 1997. Soros brings in some economists, um, Arminio Fraga, like Roddy Joes, David Kowitz. Uh, he he brings he's bringing in people who are sort of experts in like developing market uh, economics, and. That's never no one has ever brought in a developing market economist for like a good reason. And what they what what they realize is that they start doing analysis of Southeast Asia, like the Southeast Asian markets, and they realize very quickly that Thailand is fucked. Um they 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 figure out that Thailand has Thailand has its currency pegged to the dollar. And this, but you know, they, they don't have the reserves to support this. And the Thai, the like actual Thai currency isn't strong enough to maintain, like, like stay being pegged to the dollar. It's, it's not a strong enough currency. And so they do a $2 billion short of, of, of like Thailand's currency. And uh, I'm going to read from the influence of Soros again about like the process of this. It was a debate we had, Jones told me. We'd gone to work in Asia, and here you are taking large-scale short positions in countries with institutional fragility. Going for the juggler in the United Kingdom was one thing. Doing the same in Thailand was another. The Bank of England would surely recover. Thailand was a developing economy, and it was unclear what impact outside investors could have. Soros had, has justified speculation with the idea that it could serve as a kind of warning to, to governments. Look, Thai government, the bot needs to de- devalue. Change your policy now before a currency collapse is devastating for your people. The trouble is, the Thai government didn't do this. Instead, it spent months using Bank of Thailand reserves to buy Thai bot. When it finally ran out in early summer 1997, the value of the bot plunged 32% against the dollar and millions of people lost uh, Thai people lost their livelihoods. The Soros Fund made $750 million. Yeah, it's a little bit like me being like, look... Yes, I made a lot of money selling heroin to those middle schoolers. But really, when you think about it, it was a warning to those schools that it was too easy for me to bribe the janitor to sell heroin to kids there. You know, I was actually performing a public service. So true, Robert. It is just like that. (laughs) You know, to be fair, you know, I'm not going to never mind. I'm I'm not going to finish that thought. That's probably for the best. Yeah, I, we, we need we need one person to remain uncanceled here to keep the lights on. <laughs> oh God, does it have to be me? Oh no! Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Legally, it does. <laughs> this is really bad. Yeah. No more joking, Mia. We can't we can't suffer any other jokes. <laughs> yes. Somebody's got to upload this episode. <laughs> All right. Here, 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 here's the next joke. Uh, Soros actually doesn't make money 
off of his speculation off of his speculating in, in Southeast Asia because he loses basically the same amount of money uh, taking like a long position in Indonesia. Yeah, the same thing happened to me when I took a long position on doing cocaine in my bathroom <laughs> with the money that I made selling drugs to all those kids, you know? We're a lot alike, him and me. We're a lot alike. Well, okay, to be fair, to to be fair, and this is something okay, this is something I, I I the reason I wanted to talk about this specifically is is that like okay, like to this day, if if you look under sort of I uh, if 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 you, if you every once in a while someone someone there'll be a tweet that's like like what did George Soros do, and immediately there will be a bunch of people talking about how he like deliberately destroyed all of the economies in Southeast Asia, yeah, and that's not really what happened. And no, I, that would be for one thing too much to put on one guy fucking around with a cup. Yeah, but yeah, and I I wanted to actually kind of walk through this a little bit in depth just because. Okay, there, there's a really, really easy way to think about the economy that is bad. It leads you into anti-Semitic traps, which is like, hey, here is like one banker who wanted to make money. And because he wanted to make money, he like destroyed all these economies. And like on the one hand, yeah, like like Sor- Soros betting against like the Thai currency is, is bad, right? Like this is this is not a thing you should have been doing. On the other hand, you know, okay, so that's like the sort of level one thing. But but the thing about the, it, the, you know, this is the sort of this is the sort of like great man anti anti semitism theory of collapse, and this is the theory that a lot of the sort of regional leaders take, um, you know, because and, and this and this is sort of a crucial thing, right? This position very conveniently allows them to just like not think about capitalism in general or like their role in this in this crisis, which is not insignificant. And so in order to figure out what what actually happened here, we, we need to look at. So, so Soros sort of like tip, like tip some dominoes. Right. But the dominoes were already there and they were going like regardless, even if Soros had never existed. Right. Like they were going to fall and they were going to fall because ironically of the Plaza Accords. So, you know, we, we talked about the Plaza Accords earlier. The U.S. forces Japan to increase the value of its currency relative to the dollar. Uh, okay, so this is great for the American economy. This nukes the Japanese economy. I mean, the Japanese economy, you know, and, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a bit, too. It was already kind of doing bad. When the U.S. does this and its manufacturing economy just, like, implodes, it it guts the Japanese economy. It has – the Japanese economy has never recovered from this. It probably will never recover, really, in, into what it was. And – you know, the, the the effect this has is that now now the government of Japan has to figure out how to grow their economy without having any like way to make money that grows your economy. And but and now they have a stronger currency. And so their solution is, OK, what what did they, 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 they all, all the central bank people look around at each other and they go, what is a strong currency good for housing speculation? And so they they start like they, they start they start slashing interest rates and they start. Basically building an entire economy uh, based on the assumption that housing prices will always go up. And so you should just take out loans so you can buy houses because the value of the housing will because <laughs> um, uh, you know, housing prices will always go up. So you can you can have all of these assets based on mortgages. Uh, this is this may may or may not be sounding familiar to everyone who lived in 2008. Uh, and so, you know, in, in, in like in like 1982, the entire Japanese economy implodes sort of again. Because. They they literally built the 2008 machine. And so th- this this forces the U.S. 
to do something called the reverse plaza accords where they 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 take the original plaza records and they reverse it and they they increase the value of the american dollar american manufacturing dies like it's never recovered it's never coming back and this for a this kind of this stabilizes the japanese economy a little bit but it means that the u.s now no longer has a functional economy and so we do our, our solution to this is we do 2008 right we, we build an entire economy also on the Japanese model of of currency speculation, of you know, of, of like housing price speculation, speculation on like or like the rising prices of like stocks, right? We we build an economy completely made of bullshit. But you know, okay, what what does this have to do with the Asian market collapse? Okay, the, the problem is that like all of the countries in in East Asia and like Southeast Asia also do this. They also do the thing where they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna base we're okay, so our manufacturing economies are are declining, right? So we're gonna we're gonna base our entire economy on housing prices going up. And, you know, that that's and it's not George Soros. That's the thing that actually destroys like the sort of. That's something that like that, like actually destroys all of these economies. And, you know, and I, 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 I wanted to sort of run through this. And, you know, this is like a lot of like sort of econ shit. Right. But the reason I wanted to run through this is that I, I think I think it gets at. The, the, the sort of truly the truly horrifying thing about how our economy works that is really difficult to face and is i think it's at least a part of why people really really want there to just be one guy who is running anything everything whether that's the cia whether that's soros whether that's like the the new world order yeah right because if there's if there's like a guy who's doing this right you can stop him but the, the the great horror of this world is that there is no deep state, right? There is no Satanist cabal. There's no one pulling the strings at all. The only thing that is there is just sort of the cold, lifeless, and inexorable death logic of capital, and that logic is moving all of us, right? All it, you know, the the, the the people who are doing the conspiracies, insofar as they exist, are being moved by this. All of the rulers are being moved by capital. All of us, the subjects, are being moved by capital. But that like sucks. Right. Like the, 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 the fact that all of these economies are destroyed, not by like the individual actions of people, but by the fact that like returns are less good in Thailand than they are in China. And this is just sort of the inexorable logic of the entire economic system we have. This is, you know, this is absolutely terrifying. And faced with this sort of reality, right, like people who want to protect capitalism because, you know, they have a bunch of assets in it. Right retreat into this sort of like they you know they 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 they, they use soros as a smokescreen for like why everything is suddenly going wrong but sort of simultaneous to this right this is also a real problem for george soros because he's like you know when he's not sort of in his role as like capital he's like not a piece of shit he's like a person who wants the world to be better and this, you know, this causes a sort of there. There was a contradiction in his ideology, right? Which is that he 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 wants the world to be a better place, and simultaneously, he's also a capitalist. And these two things are sort of warring with each other. Even as early as even as early as sort of the nineties, he's giving speeches about how like his open society that he wants. It's a sort of like this this liberal democratic society of like laws and norms and human rights. It the, the greatest danger to it has ceased to be communism. It's now capitalism. But he can't do anything about it because he is also a capitalist. And next episode, we are going to watch Soros like 
through his philanthropic endeavors, attempt to solve the problems that his economic system has caused and fail catastrophically and become the sort of boogeyman and the the the, the anti-Semitic specter of every conspiracy theory in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check out that next time. Uh, and, you know, if you're uh, hanging out around Clark Middle School uh, and you have $40, uh, I can hook you up with some uh, some of that sweet black tar. So, you know... Uh, give me a ring. Uh, my phone number's posted in the show notes of every episode. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.